I'm here with JJ McCullough, a Canadian YouTuber and weekly political columnist for the Washington Post to talk about an American cultural phenomenon he likes to call authenticity. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, JJ. Thank you for having me. So, JJ, what exactly is the phenomenon you like to call authenticity? Can you give an example? Okay, so I mean, if we think about authenticity as being something that sort of authentically captures the essence of a culture, then authenticity would be when something has the pretense of capturing some sort of cultural essence, but is in fact something that's entirely manufactured, something that has a cultural pretense that is in some way contrived. And in the context that I was using it in the video, I was describing it in the context of sort of American multiculturalism, which is to sort of say that oftentimes in America, you find uh, examples of things that purport to be a representation of some immigrant culture that has come to the U.S., but is instead something that has been entirely domestic in origin. It is something that was created within America for Americans, and though it might have a pretense of coming from some sort of foreign land, it very often is actually quite unfamiliar to the land that it purports to be from. For example, if we have ever been to a Chinatown in any part of the U.S., you have probably seen the phenomenon of this big sort of ornate Chinatown gate. It's often uh, very brightly colored, very sort of orientalist in its design sensibility. And uh, many people sort of assume that this must be a representation or a recreation of some sort of authentic Chinese architecture. In fact, it is not. It's something that only exists in the context of American Chinatowns and is in fact a sort of legacy of a style of architecture that was developed in the aftermath of the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906, at which point uh, there was a conscious effort on sort of the part of white architects in that city to create something that they thought would be sort of compellingly uh, Chinese in sort of aesthetic. And uh, what they came up with was that sort of unique style of Chinese American architecture, which has now sort of uh, permeated all across the US. We see it in forms of lots of different buildings in Chinatowns all across the, uh, the states, but it's not an authentically uh, Chinese style of architect. And even though Chinese Americans are often quite loyal to it and sentimental about it, uh, people from actual mainland China would regard it as something that is quite sort of quaintly American. And your video obviously went really in depth and everything. Uh, what inspired you to look for examples of this? I, as you guys might be able to hear from the way I talk, I'm not actually American myself. I'm uh, Canadian and I've always been very uh, taken as I think most foreigners are with the diversity of the United States and, and the way that you know America is this diverse sort of melting pot society home to so many different cultures and uh, and a real desire, I think, to be a kind of a museum of cultures of the world. I think that's something that Americans are often very proud of, is the way that there are so many different uh, cultures represented in the country. But at the same time, um, something that you, I think, realize when you travel around the world and stuff is that um, uh, foreigners often regard many manifestations of American culture or American sort of diversity as being uh, quite uniquely American, which is to sort of say that the legacy of American immigration has often been the creation of, of distinct cultures that are in some ways uh, foreign in origin, but in other ways, like very uh, particularly American and to the point where they're not in fact recognizable to the cultures that they purport to represent. And I just thought that that was just a kind of very fascinating phenomenon. Uh, it's a phenomenon that manifests in, you know, Mexican American culture, Chinese American culture, you know, European American culture, Jewish American culture. Like it's, it really sort of runs the gamut. And I just really kind of wanted to create a little summary of this, of this very particularly American phenomenon as someone that is endlessly fascinated by the United States.
And going off that point, how do you think the embrace of a lot of authentic traditions, whether it be architecture or food or celebrations, how has that shaped American identity in your view? It's, it's, it's kind of a sort of two-faceted thing, I suppose you could say. It's sort of like, on the one hand, I think that the presence of any sort of manifestation of a foreign culture on American soil is something that, I, as I said, Americans are, I think, are quite rightfully proud of because it represents a sort of commitment to sort of diversity and inclusion and these sort of traditional uh, notions of America as an immigrant society. But on the other hand, the sort of darker side to it is that it can also uh, be a manifestation of a certain Americanization of foreign cultures, uh, even a sort of condescending attitude towards foreign cultures, even if we're going to use sort of the contemporary jargon, even an attitude of uh, cultural appropriation of foreign cultures, wherein basically, you know, foreign cultures thrive and exist in the United States. But oftentimes those cultures can be sort of manipulated or co-opted or massaged into a way that makes them uh, acceptable to sort of the mainstream or majority American uh, cultural sensibilities. You know, the foods get sort of, <laughs> the food portions get larger, they add more salt and sugar, you know, for example, or, uh, you know, traditions that perhaps are of marginal relevance in uh, the country itself. Uh, an example I give in the video is, say, the holiday of Cinco de Mayo in Mexico or St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. You know, these holidays that back in the old country are perhaps not that relevant become sort of inflated in America but sometimes inflated in a way that people find to be a little bit uh, trashy, for lack of a better word. You know, they become much more sort of bound up in, in consumerism, in drinking, in sort of eating to excess and in buying, you know, tacky commercial goods and stuff. So I just think it's a kind of fascinating phenomenon that really does reflect America, American culture and all of its complexities for good and for ill. Do you think examples of Americanization and the authenticities in American culture take more of their existence from places of tolerance or ignorance, or does it depend on the situation? That's a very good a very good question, because I think that it is in some ways a very distinctly American manifestation of both, where there is a very heavy dose of tolerance and ignorance simultaneously. And I think that that has in some ways always been the uh, sort of a current of American attitudes towards immigration, which is I think that American people are uh, sort of endlessly generous of spirit, endlessly sort of interested and, and welcoming and kind-hearted and open-hearted and all the rest of this. But there is also a kind of, there can be a kind of arrogance and ignorance where the existence of foreign cultures is tolerated only to the degree that it's not threatening. And if it is threatening, if it comes off as weird or challenging or, you know, just too exotic, then it often is kind of condescendingly Americanized or modified or packaged or contained in a way that makes it more acceptable to American sensibilities. And then that in turn becomes interpreted as somehow the true culture of those people. You know, the true culture becomes that which is most acceptable to American sensibilities. You know, Americanized Mexican food becomes the true American, uh, the true Mexican food, right? And uh, that, that, I think, has been a sort of balancing act. And I think that, you know, again, like we're in a sort of politically sensitive time and people have a lot of different opinions on this. But I do think that when we talk about things like cultural appropriation and stuff, at best, it can be an opportunity to sort of reckon with what 
you know, what is a true authentic culture and what is just a kind of condescending Americanization of, of a culture that might have, you know, traditions that are quite distinct and, and deserve acknowledgement as being distinct from the flavor of their culture that we have grown accustomed to, which we have exists primarily uh, on our own terms, you know, as opposed to the terms of the immigrant communities themselves. And that just leads right into my last question, you know, based on re recent social reckonings in America, how do you foresee authentic things or the interpretation of them changing, if at all? I mean, I, I think that it's it's definitely something that people are at the very least just much more uh, self-aware of and much more sort of self-critical of and much more inclined to re-examine than they used to be. It is very difficult because there is a, a tension between wanting to sort of honor uh, foreign cultures in a way that is inclusive and is being done on their terms, as I said, but at the same time, not getting too bound up in a sort of impossibly high standard of cultural uh, exclusivity or sort of cultural, um, how to put it, you know, the idea of cultural ownership, right? So for example, you know, the great sort of strength of America, I think has been this kind of melting pot idea where different cultures come, but they all sort of integrate and they all influence each other and everybody sort of participates in each other's culture. And then that is sort of the diverse American society that originates. But these days you do often see a kind of pressure towards this idea that for example, like only Japanese Americans could wear the kimono, only Vietnamese Americans can make Vietnamese food or even, I mean, even you know, perhaps even eat Vietnamese food or enjoy Vietnamese food. There was some great controversy, I'm sure you saw on social media a while ago, where there was a white American woman who had written a book about Chinese cuisine. And a lot of people said, you know, where do you get off sort of telling Chinese people how to make their own food and this kind of thing. And so I do think like that that is the kind of the delicate balancing act is on the one hand, you want to have a more authentic, less condescending uh, understanding of foreign cultures in America. But on the other hand, you also don't want to swing so far to the other direction that you're getting away from this sort of, I think, true American idea of integration and, uh, you know, a truly diverse society. Thanks for bearing with me, JJ. I am battling a little bit of a sore throat, but it was awesome getting to meet you. How can our listeners find you with your work, whether it be written or on YouTube? Uh, well, if you're on YouTube, uh, you can just type in JJ Canada and I will pop up. My last name is McCullough, but people have a hard time spelling that. So if you just do JJ Canada, I'll, you'll find me. I also write a weekly column for the Washington Post about Canadian politics. So if people are at all interested in that topic, you can check me out there as well. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, JJ. Thank you. Reporting for WRHU, I'm Danny DiCrescenzo.